Started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. Started, Started from, from the bottom, bottom now we're all You know Hefo and Pau and Romney and Shumway. Yeah. <laughs> better ingredients, better receivers. Papa John's, right? Jerem and Swag Level don't go hand in hand. No, I'm just going to shoot this 10-footer. And down. Okay. I bowled a 154, by the way. <laughs> he told me after that he said the word meow seven times in that interview. Redacted from the statement. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. This is the portion of the show where we begin our one-on-one interviews. BYU Sports Nation All Access. And Zach Wilson, the sophomore quarterback, spoke with me after Friday's practice about a myriad of things, including the current status of his shoulder, why he felt like he shocked the coaches in day one, and what it all means if he's ahead in the offense and why he thinks he's a better quarterback despite the shoulder surgery recovery. One-on-one, Zach Wilson. Here we go. Zach, as you wrap up the end of week one of BYU football fall camp, training camp, whatever you want to call it, um, how would you sum up the first few days overall on the offensive side? I would say we hit practice like we never ended from last season. Um, it was really, it was a really, it was a really cool thing to see our very first day. How the guys responded, how the line came out and played, how well the guys knew the offense. You know, you could tell people really put in that work from the off season. I think even the coaches were a little shocked coming out on the first day. Like, like whoa, like this, this looks good. Like this offense looks solid. Um, I know they were expecting mistakes, and I know they weren't expect, expecting us to be perfect. But um, I definitely think we shocked them a little bit. Um, you know, so the first week was solid, but so much to build on, too. So video is put out there of you hooking up with Levi Hefo for 70 yards very early in day one. Uh, walk us through that play and what happened and what that was like to, to open things up with a big play like that. Yeah, well, uh, we tagged a quick seam route for Leva and... Um, I saw they were playing like their quarters man coverage and Leva's one-on-one with an, an off safety and he's going to be putting a move on someone that has has cushion. And so, you know, instantly in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, can I throw it this far? And Leva's like, can he throw it this far? <laughs> and so, you know, you get in that situation where you just start to react and the, and the game flow comes and um, it was actually pretty effortless and um, he ran an amazing route. The line protected so great. Um, made my job easy. I mean, he was wide open. What does that do for you when you're trying to figure things out with your arm and your right shoulder? Because it is this process to get back to 100%, whatever that is. So when that happens, what does that do for you as a football player? No, it brings a lot of confidence. I, uh, I was anxious to see how fall camp would be. Um, I know what it's like to throw thinking about my arm, but you, you come out here and you start to realize in team sessions you're not thinking about your arm, you're reacting. Um, something pops open, you're ready to throw it. Whether your arm is healthy or not, you're going to throw it 100%. And so um, it was cool because I'm, I'm progressing really well. Um, just in three days is like night and day difference from last week. And so I'm super happy with that. Obviously, the pinch, the pitch count and stuff still has to be on. And we're trying to, you know, build that endurance because, uh, you know, six days straight, especially going into the next few weeks, is hard. It's hard on any quarterback, whether you had, you know, surgery or not. And so um, whether I feel good or not, we're still going to take it slow and work into it. I'm just excited for this year. 
I know you're a competitor, and so to be on a pitch count, how do you manage that when you're like, I need to be taking more reps? Like, how, how do you deal with that mentally? I kind of pick and choose. Um, we'll do routes on air, and I'll choose the guys I kind of want to throw to, and I'll, you know, give the rest, the reps to other guys. One on ones, I'll kind of take the guys I want to throw to, the things I want to work on. So I'm trying to look. At, I'm looking for more quality over quantity right now. Um, I know, hey, I'm gonna be throwing to Bushman. I'm gonna be throwing to Oleva. I want to work. To, I want to work with those guys um, in certain in certain routes, and then I want to save enough reps to where I can hit every team session. I don't want to miss out on the team session because I think that's where the most reaction and you know fluidness of being a quarterback comes um so much of you know even even skelly at times uh you're thinking you're thinking too much but when you get in that game time situation that's what i need the most so i'm trying to keep most of my reps there BYU quarterback Zach Wilson with us from BYU football fall camp. I know you said that adrenaline kicks in and plays a factor in this too when you're trying to come back from your arm injury, and adrenaline carried you through when your arm was injured last year. So what does the adrenaline do for you through the first few days of camp? You know, it played a huge part. Um, warming up, I'm like, shoot, these, some of these throws don't feel great, these don't feel great. But once you get out there and you throw some of those team throws, um, you start to surprise yourself. Um, I'll throw a field go when, you know, if we just line up field goes, I can't really throw field goes, but in team I can throw a field go. I don't know how, but it just ends up working out that way. <laughs> okay, now, does this concern your coaches and your trainers, or is this an okay thing? Is this, is this part of the process? No, so this is part, so actually it, it's better than what's expected. Um, talking to John, talking to guys in the past that had these things, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, um, they went into training camp barely being able to throw the mediocre small stuff and you know you're going to have those small pains those small you know you haven't thrown for seven months all those muscles are shut down and tight um you're reteaching them how to work and so um you know i think i've surprised myself um with the throws i'm able to make um obviously i want the velocity to get better but it's you can tell in three days it's gotten better um you know so i'm looking for weeks ahead um you know a a great recovery um i know in the long run it would definitely be better for sure now, I know you said to me last week that just because of what situation you were dealing with late last year and you needed surgery, and even though you had to sit out a few months and you, you haven't been making throws for six or seven months, you still feel like a better quarterback. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why do you feel like a better overall quarterback, even though you've had to rest your arm significantly? Yeah, I almost look at it like it's a blessing in disguise. Um, when you can't have one thing, you start to strengthen something else. So I really try to take my mental game to a whole nother level. Luckily, I had that game time experience, and I, I knew the feel of the game and, and the things that I wanted to react and play with. And so, you know, I'm trying to take it to the next step. And, and then you come out here and you, you mix it with live reps. You start to put what you had in your head and what you had on the film um, onto the field, and you start to try and mess around with things and, and um, bring things together. So. So with Aaron Roderick, he has talked about how you're blowing up his phone. Release points, um, coverages, different things that go into becoming a great quarterback. Uh, is he number one on your speed dial right now? Yeah, he is for sure. I mean, I want to I want to reach out to also Coach Grimes and you know Coach Coach uh, Coach Kalani and talk to those guys. But you know, Coach Roderick's our our quarterback coach, and I know you know what he sees is what I see, and I know I know the connection between the two is so big. So. You know, talking to you know past quarterbacks that have been here, NFL guys that I've been hanging out with in the last month is, you really got to have that communication with them. Is you got to see their eye, you got to see through their eyes, and, and you know everything I'm doing, they got to expect me to do the same. And so, um, I think that's huge. Um, that was one of my biggest pushes this off season is, you know, I want to throw things at him and and let him decide on what he thinks is best. And you know, I hope I'm not annoying at all, but um, I don't think it hurts. I think they like it that you know I'm engaged.
stage, and I want to reach out and, and uh, you know, help this team win. As long as he's not like 3 a.m. text, it's okay, right? Yeah, sometimes they are. <laughs> okay. And apparently it's, hey, if it works, it works, right? Now, I've talked to a couple of the coaches, and they're talking about you becoming a quarterback that can throw people open, whether it's Gunnar Romney or it's a Levy Hippo or a Matt Bushman, where you're not reacting so much, you're just anticipating. You're almost becoming a surgeon on the field. What, what's the key to making that step where you throw guys open? Yeah, another thing with the shoulder is it's a, it's a blessing in disguise, right? I can't throw some of these things on a line, so my anticipation has to be times two from everybody else. I mean, even if a ball's lobbed, as long as it's getting there before anybody else is breaking on it, then, you know, it's a job well done. So um, that's one of my biggest pushes. I'm, I, I'm speeding up my footwork a little bit. I'm trying to throw routes um, based on coverages and not so much how the route's going to open up and, and no guys are going to get there. Now, as you approach week two, I mean, what, what's the biggest question mark that still remains with this team? Um, I know everyone's got a question mark on us, how we're going to do. Um, I, think it's a, I, think, I think we're going to shock a lot of people. Um, of course, I'm going to say that just because I really believe and I have confidence in this team that we have an amazing ability. Um, obviously, our, our O-line looks awesome out here. We have an amazing run attack. Some of our new backs look awesome. Um, and receivers just... You know, the difference now is people just know what they're doing. I mean, guys know when to sit in holes and how they're going to stack routes, how they're going to climb. And, and so everything is just fitting together. It's like, it's like those struggles you hear about when you have a first-year offense. And so we're definitely looking more like a veteran offense now. Zach, it's great to catch up with you, man. We appreciate the time as always. And uh, whatever the pitch count is, uh, good luck with that. And right now, I don't know, maybe we should declare you 92.71% healthy. Is, is that okay? I don't know what the percentage is. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I kid, I kid. All right, man. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Zach Wilson, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All Access. Now guys know what they're doing in terms of the receivers. That's a telling I'm, comment. I, I'm assuming that they knew what they were doing. They just didn't do it as well as they could do it. You know, I'm not going to hammer them too hard on that. But when, when you hear that, you think, wait, did they not know what they're doing? But that's just one part of the just conversation. Just understanding of the yeah, offense. He's surprised himself with some of the throws. Now, my, my uh, two sides of that, oh, sweet. Had a schedule like we've heard. This is great. The other side is there's 24 days. Like, it's all good. I hope you surprise yourself and everyone on August 29th as well, right? Uh, marathon, not a sprint. More than one game to the season, although it feels like there's only one game this season. It feels like there's only one game this season. It's bigger than you know, one game. It is, but is it, right? <laughs> like, if BYU wins that game, the next week is a uh, bye week. <laughs> hopefully, emotionally? Ho- hopefully, BYU ramps it up. bye week, right? Yeah, hopefully BYU ramps <laughs> it up. But I, I'm telling you, if BYU beats Utah... It's going to get crazy. From a fan perspective. It's going to get nuts. There is some truth to that. Like, so much emotion expended in becoming the ultimate buzzkill for Utah football. Oh, my God. Who, over the weekend, a few of their players said, we feel like this is probably the best Utah team ever. Which I was like, oh, boy. Because a, oh. a lot of those guys have context of 4 and 0 You finished ranked number two in 2008 and crushed Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. You sure you want to say that you're better than that team? It's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> Have they turned into BYU? I don't know. Maybe. Preseason rhetoric? Maybe. Preseason champs? Preseason Pac-12 champs, Utah? What? It, it just Expectations are a funny thing. So We yes, used to do that, and then 2017 happened. If BYU becomes the ultimate buzzkill, then for the fans, the game against Tennessee is kind of like, uh, hey, whatever, man. An emotional as, as bye as, week. As soon as BYU beats Utah, it's like, oh, could we go undefeated? Get out of here. 
BYU running back situation currently behind Zach Wilson, we believe is the number two storyline in fall camp. Who's going to be the guy that Zach Wilson is relying on? And now we're learning that it might just be, again, a committee approach with Lopini Katoa, Tyson Williams, and Emmanuel Isupa. Now, Tyson Williams, because he's the transfer from the SEC, has stolen a ton of this limelight. BYU fans want him to be great. Jerem Jordan wanted to speak with Tyson Williams, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access from BYU Football Training Camp. All right, Tyson, uh, five practices in the books at BYU. How's it gone so far? It's been pretty good. Uh, like I said, we just come out here every day, try to get better, and uh, it's been fun. You feel like you're getting better? I feel like we, I feel like we are. I mean, today uh, it's kind of shaky, kind of in between, but um, the great thing about fall camp, we come out here tomorrow, so we'll just make up for it. Is the energy still as high today as it was in day one? That can be hard to keep, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But really good teams, you got to find a way to, I mean, even on practice 15 and, and so forth. So you got to be able to keep the energy and just maintain the focus and go out there and execute. This is nothing in terms of heat and practice compared to North Carolina and South Carolina, right? It's different. It's different. I think the, the, the hardest thing here is just my mouth is always dry. So, uh, I mean, it's hot in both places, but... Um, just getting adjusted to some of the dryness has been 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 uh, pretty hard. Chapstick? What do you use? Mm-mm, I just lick my lips. <laughs> <laughs> then I, you'll need the chapstick. Yeah, then I need the chapstick, and then I try to drink. I try to drink a lot of fluids as well. So, um, just try to stay hydrated, and you know, try to do the best I can with it. At what point, when you got to BYU, did you get the beard card? Because that is a beautiful thing. That is the envy of most dudes on campus. Uh. I would assume pretty quickly because I had to kind of get everything done to uh, get cleared. So I'll probably say within the first week or so. And we were chatting. It's kind of it's kind of coming up on the chin strap right now. You got to yeah. trim that thing. Down. Yeah, it is. So I might I might just shave it off. You know, I might just shave it off and and just get you know get adjusted to how how everybody else is. So um, I don't know. It just depends. I definitely I'm gonna shave it down though because it's all in my mouth. It's not it's not comfortable. Maybe do it right before the Utah game, then they have no clue who you are. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to just blend in like everybody else. Exactly. Like, yeah, who's that? So yeah. they won't even know. Exactly. This is a new offense. This is a new school. It's new everything. Yeah. Um, what, what's been the easiest and funnest thing to adjust to? The easiest and funnest thing was just, uh, I would say, just uh, being with the guys on the team and uh, just, you know, uh, hanging with those guys, getting to, getting to know them. Because I feel like, uh, I mean, most teams, uh, guys will be guys. And, uh, I mean, we all just kind of like to have fun. But, I mean, sometimes we just kind of like to strap it in and be serious about our business. So it's kind of been fun just learning about the guys and, you know, the different way of life that, you know, I, I, I didn't have growing up. So um, I think that was the biggest thing and most fun thing for me. Who have you connected with so far? Who are some of your teammates that you've hung out with the most? Uh, mostly it's, it's been just kind of like uh, Emmanuel and Micah. But uh, I say inside the building, I, I mean, I, I talk to everybody. So, I mean, uh, Matt, uh, Bushman, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, uh, Sione. Um, so, I mean, all the guys, Dax, I mean, all the guys that I, I mean, especially the guys who I work out with, um, I just always try to talk to them and, you know, just try to see how, they, how, how things are going in their life. How's your Polynesian pronunciation coming? I would think it's below average. <laughs> I would say it's probably below average. Um, yeah, some of those names are, are really difficult. Yeah. You'll yeah. be good by the end of the year, though. I hope so. I hope so. I'm going to just pr- keep practicing, and, you know, hopefully I'll be good. How does this offense compare to the ones you've run where BYU is trying to reel off a few more plays this year than last year? Yeah. Um, so I think, um, I mean, North Carolina and South Carolina, South Carolina we kind of did it towards the, um, the end. 
we're trying to just go fast and um, just try to catch the defense off guard. So uh, I think that's always great. Um, anytime you can kind of line up and the defense, defense is a set, um, it's a, it's a better, greater chance for explosive plays. How does this team, in terms of the makeup of some of the guys on the team, compare to maybe what you thought now that you're out here running around? Um, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Um, as I say, I, I, when I got here, um, the guys were very welcoming. And, I mean, just day by day, the more that I've kind of, like, trained with them and got, getting to know them, um, they're great people inside and out. Who, who on the defense has your eye where you're like, okay, that guy's, that guy's going to stick me if I'm not who, careful? Who do you think? Who do you think? Maybe Devin Kafusi on the edge a little bit. He's a big dude. That's a, that's a good guess. But I, I, would, I would say Kyrus. I'm always looking for Kyrus. Of course, Kyrus. Between Kyrus. the tackles. Yeah, I'm always looking for him. And then that was like, a whiff by me. Yeah. I want to admit that right now. <laughs> and because um, like some plays, he was like, he'd be calling my name out, like, run over, <laughs> run over here, Tyson. So yeah, you always got, you always got to be uh, watching out for Kyrus, man. He shouldn't ID himself so easily, right? No, he shouldn't. But I mean, as dominant as he is, I mean, I don't really think it matters, man. He'll, he'll find a way, find a way to make a play. That guy would fit in just fine in the SEC, would he not? Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. So I think um, a lot of people were kind of like, uh, you know, SEC, SEC, I mean, it kind of is a big thing, big deal to people. But uh, for me, it's kind of like, I mean, SEC is not the only people that go to the NFL. So um, you have guys here who are very talented, um, who can, who, you know, who have dreams and uh, real aspirations of going to the next level. So, um, you know, I, I try not to look at it. I just try to blend in with the team and um, just go to work. How's your health? It's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's the fifth day of camp, so it's been pretty difficult. But um, just like I say, just staying in the treatment room, trying to take care of things, and you know, just trying to put my body in the best position. To, uh, you know, come out here every day and you know, be full speed. You wait all year to play. We're three and a half weeks away. What kind of emotions come to mind when you think about that? Um, just ready to step out there. Um, I just want to kind of see, you know, what the atmosphere because I don't really know what to expect. Cause this is my first BYU Utah game, but. I would I would expect to be some a very crazy atmosphere and uh, you know anytime you're in an atmosphere like that it just it just elevates your game and it just gets you more pumped up to be uh, be ready to play. What sticks out about your fellow uh, running back mates right now? Who's who's playing really well? Who's showing stuff? All of them. Um, Emmanuel's look good. Uh, Lapenny's look good. Sione's look good. Tyler. Um, even the younger guys, Jackson, Alec, and uh, Morgan. I mean, I think everybody's just you know going out there learning each and every day, getting better. Um, but I mean, I think, I think everybody's been looking good. How was Zach Wilson's birthday on Saturday? What did you guys do? We didn't do much for him. I know we sung, we sung happy birthday to him uh, in the team meeting room, and uh, his parents brought donuts. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of all we did. He kind of hung out with the family and stuff like that. So you definitely understand that. Okay. How old are you right now? 22. 22. Yeah. Grad transfer. How's, how's the grad school coming along soon? Uh, I, I just had a meeting not too long ago, but uh, I mean classes haven't started yet. But luckily, luckily they haven't started yet. But uh, <laughs> I mean I look forward to it. Um, it's something I take pride in. Um, school is very important to me, so uh, I know I know I'll do fine. Maybe at some point in the uh, season you score a touchdown. Maybe some nod to grad school or something. Maybe a cat. You throw the cap up or something. No. Yeah, I don't know. I have to talk to my professor and see <laughs> see what he wants. He might just want a point or something to him. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll, I'll talk to him and see what okay. he wants, and uh, we'll make it happen. Okay, Tyson, appreciate the time. Uh, BYU Sports Nation, karma to you, and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go five. Tyson Williams, BYU football running back, ready to roll, but just avoid Kairos. Hey, run over here, hey, Tyson. Hey, run over here, Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, one, uh, that battle that's developing in camp. One time uh, in a turkey bowl, Wayne Latu was in there, former BYU running back. He is fast and thick. For some reason, they decided to play tackle 
I catch the ball, and Wayne is sprinting at me like he is going to destroy me. Uh-huh. I literally ran out of bounds, <laughs> and I think screamed like this. <laughs> Another business decision. I had to. Listen, I got to be up here. I can't have Wayne Lockie yes. breaking my neck. Another Jeez. business decision. Listen, did Pick I have to ball, make that noise? Pull Probably up for not. The jumper. In the turkey bowl, run out of bounds when Wayne Latu is chasing It was you. a completion, got the first down, <laughs> moved the chains, right? Um, but Tyson Williams tweeted yesterday. Oh, I love at this. Juice Williams underscore. Done with the hype. Oh! Done, done with, the hype. with the hype. Done with the hype. Let's Let me- play ball. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. It's time for us to experience and celebrate what was a Christmas in July. To kick off fall camp last week, the BYU football players got to pick, among other things, new cleats and gloves, plus all of that extra Nike swag. How do we get in on this deal? That's what I want to know. But what special equipment do the hogs up front and the trenches need? Lauren McLean followed a couple of offensive linemen as they celebrated their winter spectacular in July, receiving gifts. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. We're with Brady Christensen and James Empey from the offensive line. And what's today, guys? Christmas Day. All right, we first got some uh, oh turf shoes. I actually uh, kind of golf in them. So you use these during all of fall camp? It's like your cleats? Are- yeah, like walkthroughs or like when we're on the turf. We just got some uh, good casual Nikes. Oh, I'm not much sweet. of a runner, so casual for me. <laughs> we got oh, some uh, yep. nice sliders. We got a nice bucket hat here. Do you practice in that hat? <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, maybe I should put it like over my helmet, you know, because my nose does get sunburned. Got some pants. For me, capris, because usually they go like up to here. We got a bunch of uh, clothes, shirts, oh. like 10 shirts. I thought Zach was trying to steal your stuff. Hey, hey, easy, buddy. I know you want my stuff, but take it easy. <laughs> oh, so they do, they did throw in some navy. Another tee, long sleeve tee. I could use this as a nightgown. Another nice white, oh, look, like I'm wearing. Can't beat white shirt. <laughs> you can never have too many. You never have too many tees. gear. <laughs> And supposedly white makes you look larger, too. So for an offensive lineman, this is what we're talking about. Great for golfing, once again. Brady rarely wears the stuff for actual football. He wears most of it for golfing. So everyone gets the exact same stuff. Except for your cleats and your gloves. Okay. And I'm guessing that's next, right? That's cleats, next. gloves, next. We got them all on the table, so you can kind of decide what you want beforehand. Which okay. cleats do the O-line want of all these styles? These ones right here, these are a little bit beefier. They got a little bit more uh, support for the big guys. Who wears these? Uh, probably skill players. Nah, this looks like a like a Joe Critchlow cleat. That does look like a Joe. He, he seems like you'd wear something. Like the this. white socks yeah, already yeah. coming out sock. of it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the room of Nikes right oh here. Oh my god! Wait, so these are these the ones you picked out there? Actually, no. These are totally. You want to see what cleats. we picked? You want to see what we picked? They're in the back corner. We're something way different than all of the cleats. These are ours. Right here. These are the classics. They're not too bulky, but just right for offensive line. You know, they have some toe protection. You can move good in them. Okay. This is where it's at. 
So do you guys wear these for the games or games you get totally different cleats? We usually wear these in the games. I like to wear cleats I've already worn in because okay. I don't like to wear stiff cleats in the games. So you kind of just wear them until they die out. So if you're like, I kind of need a new pair of cleats, they're like, okay, here you go. Yeah, you just turn in your old cleats and they're like, what kind do you want? What new ones do you want? And then they give you new ones. Let's go to the gloves. After you, good buddy. This is the only lineman glove that they carry. Nice and padded, white, kind of ugly, but that's, that's what we do. So that's the only pair of gloves you guys get? Well, James, I think, uses a different yeah, pair. Yeah, I like, I like these kind. Okay, what makes these ones special? They're still padded, but they're just a little bit smaller. Okay. These are, these are maybe for, like, receivers or defensive backs. You know, lighter, no padding, all grip. He needs to snap the ball, too. I don't need to snap it, so. So yours are just have a lot of padding in them? Padding. Okay, you'll see that like squishy right there in the palm. Don't forget about the last touch, some deodorant for us stinky guys. They need to give us some like really good smelling soap too, like a dove, like girl smelling soap. <laughs> How much do you get hit up by people for gear after today? I would give it to like my family and stuff, but we get 3XL and we don't really get another size. <laughs> when you're big, it's kind of hard to give it away because you got to find a big person. But... I'm kind of worried like if I lose a bunch of weight after I'm done playing, like all those clothes are kind of going to go to waste. <laughs> Don't lose the weight, man. I know. Just keep it big, on. <laughs> big is beautiful. Okay, guys. Good luck with fall camp. Thank you. The gear is sweet. Appreciate Thanks it. For Thank you. Time with us. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Who knew? Deodorant at the end of all of it. They okay. only have one stick? <laughs> I'm just thinking I the same like thing. We're going to need more can than we, one can stick. Can we have like a billion of those? Yeah, we're kind of stinky sometimes, <laughs> so yeah. The but only that, thing worse than a football locker room after a hot practice hockey. is a hockey, hockey locker room. Hockey? Oh, my gosh. We used to do the hockey back in the day on BYT. I called a couple of those. It's and just wrong. It is like like you walk in there, and I, I swear something died, right? It's just... <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. yeah. They need the stuff that they spray in the bowling shoes after you share them with so many other people. Like, they need that for their pads. Oh. Like, when when hockey players are issued equipment, they should receive, like, Febreze and the shoe cleaner stuff and 20 sticks of deodorant. Like, whatever it above. takes. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Hey, next week on Between the Lines, by the way, there was a youth... Uh, team from China that came to the BYU baseball camp. Outstanding story. Yeah, so Lauren McLean's uh, going to tell that story. Really cool. How they found out about it, why they came here at so all. So cool. Like, Provo, why? Utah. Awesome. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Our next guest in this BYU Sports Nation All Access from BYU Football Fall Camp is a man who is trying to go from James to Jim. He will graduate to Jim after this season. He'll be that mature. James Empey, after a freshman All-American season at center, is now ready for a sensational sophomore campaign. Here's our conversation with the BYU Center. James, it's photo day, but this time you're returning as a freshman All-American. How does it feel at photo day as a freshman All-American? You know, it feels just about the same, man. It's just taking a bunch of pictures. Everybody's out here and kind of, it, it's, it's a fun little uh, kind of distraction, you know, kind of take some pictures, talk about football, so it's, it's good. Through one week of fall camp, how do you feel like the offensive line has progressed under a new offensive line coach, Eric Mateos? Um... I think we progressed pretty good. I, I feel like uh, like we're kind of taking step by step. Coach Mateos came in 
and it's kind of been I, I just told another guy seamless you know it hasn't been that much of a of a difference him and coach people know knew exactly what they're talking about and so he came in and and uh just kind of took charge you know what i mean and so we've been uh just kind of we, we kind of figured it out in the spring and now in fall camp we really know what we expect of each other like all 18 <coughs> of us and and we know um our goals and what we want to be as a unit and so i think we're I mean, we're a couple of days in now. We're just putting it together bit by bit, and we're going to keep doing that until this, this whole season. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but as you get better as an offensive lineman, then typically the critiques get a little bit more specific, and it's almost like you're really fine-tuning. So what, what's being fine-tuned right now within the offensive line? Hmm. Um, really, really everything. I mean, we, we got a lot of work to do, and, and we're uh, – we're happy to be able to do it. So we're, you know, just trying to be a assignment sound, know exactly what we're doing every play and be able to handle any front or anything that's going on. And, and we're working on our, our physicality, you know, our techniques with our hand placement and our footwork and everything. So I, I'd say we're, we're fine-tuning everything right now, uh, especially in the first couple of days of camp, and we're just going to keep going. Tristan Hodge just walked by and winked to the camera. Hi, Tristan. <laughs> yeah, you're not done yet. I might want to talk to you. Okay. We might bring him back. Okay, James. Yeah, he's a good guy to talk to. He's got a lot of stuff to say. Yeah, what is it like to play next to a guy like Tristan Hodge? It's fun. It's fun. I mean, it, he keeps it light because he's, uh, he's as competitive as anybody, you know what I mean? And, and he knows his stuff as, as well as anybody, but he's a fun guy to be around because he'll be, he'll be cracking jokes. And, uh, you know, when you make a mistake, you make it together and, and you, you work to get better together. So he's just a fun guy to be around. Good dude. Speaking of good people, um, you were mic'd up at BYU football practice the other day, and I heard that you were working with your wife yeah. on snaps. Um, yeah. how, how does that, not Snapchat, like actual football snaps. So what, what was happening there? Oh, I just, I needed to get some snaps in during our vacation. So I, I had a football, and I asked her to catch them for me, and she stood back there like a champ and, and caught some snaps. She'd make a good quarterback probably. <laughs> yeah, I guess all wives are kind of the quarterback of a family, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Now, Zach Wilson uh, has told us that he, he's going to be helping you out a little bit. He's, he's doing more at the line, making reads, different things. So how do your responsibilities change as a center? Um, so really, we just, we just kind of get the play started, right? We, we'll get up there. Everybody will be communicating, talking to each other. We know what we're doing. And if Zach wants to come up and change something, it's like, hey, okay, we're, we're going to do what Zach says because he's, he's got the best view of everything, you know? you know what I mean? He can see the whole picture. And so really... Uh, our our jobs are really kind of the same, but if he wants to change it, he can, and and that's nice because if you got a guy with a good view, you want him the one, being the one that that uh, makes the adjustments and the calls and stuff like that. How would you describe the play of the offense as a whole through the first week of fall camp? Um, man, it's it's been fun. I don't know. You've been to a few of the practices, right? It's it's just been fun. We've been we've been grinding and kind of figuring some things out together and. Uh, it's just been fun to watch guys like like Matt Bushman go out and make one hand catches, you know, and and a bunch of guys out there making plays, and and it's good to have Zach back. His shoulders good, and Jaron's making plays, and really anybody that you put out there is gonna is gonna do work. So that's that's been fun to just see everybody come ready to go, ready to get better um, at the start of fall camp, and and we just want to keep doing that. How much faster is the offense right now compared to last year? Um, it's a little bit faster. We we've been really working on tempo, so. We're trying to, to kind of pick it up and, and go faster and just give the defense less time to, to, um, 
to make their adjustments and do their things, you know, keep them on their toes a little bit. So we've been really pushing the tempo and trying to get faster, and it's something that we got to keep working because uh, it's, it's a hard thing to do. So it's been a little bit faster, but we got a long ways to go. Been asking a bunch of your teammates, what's the biggest strength of this BYU football team right now? Of the BYU football team? Man, I, I want to give a shout-out to our defense. Our, our defense is solid. Our D-line is really good. I mean, you got guys like Kyrus and Bracken. Bracken was on just a second ago. And uh, Zoe and, and all those guys. Like, those guys are freaks, man. And and uh, just the rest of the defense, too, our linebackers and the, the defensive backs and safeties, all those guys, they, they've been playing so good in camp so far. I mean, I know a lot of times the, the offense get a lot of talk, but those guys are doing really good. So I just want to shout them out and, and uh, tell them how good they're doing. Kane, in contrast, what is the biggest question mark you want short up before the first game? We, we asked that again? Yeah, what's the biggest question mark you want answered by the time the first game rolls around? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Ask a question. Do you have any question marks? What's your question mark? <laughs> I, you see practice more than me, but uh, let, me, let me put it this way. Yeah. Is, there one thing, is there any one thing that concerns you more than another in regard to this football team? Um... The, the biggest thing that concerns me is just, like, getting better every day. You know what I mean? Fall camp can be long, can, can be kind of a grind, and, and you're looking forward to the end of August when right now it's still the beginning. You know what I mean? So the, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to this fall camp is just getting better every day, like I've been saying, is we just got to find one thing, get better every day, and, and hopefully put the whole picture together by the time we, we, we play. And we know you got your cleats and all your gear because you were nice enough to do a between-the-line segment, but did you get enough deodorant, James? Oh, yeah. We got plenty of deodorant. James Empey with us on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, James. Go Cougs. All right, freshman All-American center, James Empey, ready to go again, sophomore season. Does he have more than one stick is the question. I hope so. More than one stick of deodorant. They give them that last, that's the last item they got, according to our Between the Line segments. There you go. That's what we learned. That's what I remember the most. Deal it out. (laughs) This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Let's play big deal, no deal. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. In the form of big deal, no deal. Brought to you by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Ben Bagley, you are the voice of BYU Sports Nation. Be great if you join us on a Friday. Thank you. Big deal, no deal, number one. When it comes to Jaron Hall, Kalani Sataki's biggest concern about him is at quarterback. Well, what did Kalani say about that? Really good at one thing first, and then we can move on to the next. And that's, we have three weeks. What I've seen from the first week, I've been really pleased with from him. And it's carrying on what he did in the summer. He just he looks a little bit bigger and probably a little bit faster. And I think that's going to help him out in both baseball and football and in other positions too. But right now, uh, my main concern is him as a quarterback. Okay, so Jaron. is Kalani's main concern, big deal, no deal, at quarterback? Uh, no deal. <laughs> Kalani Satake just told us that Jaron Hall is working on other positions. He did. He said, uh, yeah, on to the next, meaning other positions, and he said other positions. So um, I guess, actually, I, I was thinking no deal at first because we kind of thought this, but I'm going to go big deal. Whoa, 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 what? Because he's kind of confirmed – uh, this late in the game that, like, okay, yes, I want to get him good at quarterback first, but there are other things to do with him. So they've, the offense has been hinting at this, and this 
kind of makes it official for me that uh, Jaren, we're going to see Jaron Hall in a variety of ways. Okay, yeah, for me, I just was fully expecting it, so no deal. Status quo. We knew Jaron Hall was a good athlete and that BYU is going to try and find a way to utilize him in other ways outside of the quarterback position. So th- this, is, this, is nothing, this is nothing new. So I, zero deal for me. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU Hoops playing Southern Utah in a non-conference game this year in Hoops, according to a report from CBS Sports' John Rothstein. Mm. No deal. Uh, cool in-state game, great. Awesome to play those, right? Uh, it's not going to help the resume. In fact, it might hurt um, in trying to get in the NCAA tournament. But uh, great, let's play Southern Utah. First time since 2007. Yeah, I don't know that there is much additional context other than, oh, they're also in the state of Utah. Cool. There, there's no real history there, no type of rivalry there. So it's kind of n- not a deal for me. Uh, I, it's a good game for Southern Utah to get sure. because it's easy travel, and who knows if they'll get a little coin on top of it. So I think Southern Utah probably gets the better end of the deal here. But BYU needed a game to try and lighten the schedule that, from what we can tell, is pretty loaded. Yeah. No, this is, uh, yeah, if you're going to have to play somebody, might as well play an in-state team. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Great. Next. Big deal, no deal. Taysom Hill's first preseason appearance tonight against the Vikings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve my answer until I see if he plays quarterback. Like, if he's doing what he did last year in the regular season, like, okay, that's cool, whatever. But if he's going to get a shot at quarterback in this game, now it's a big deal to me. It's the idea of Taysom Hill playing football. So, right now, it's... It's a big deal because it's Taysom Hill and a chance for BYU fans and Saints fans to watch him play football again. So just the prospect or the idea of it makes me want to watch a preseason game. What if he doesn't play very much? Then it becomes kind of a letdown and a disappointment. But the idea that, oh, we might get to see Taysom Hill play tonight, that's, that's exciting. It's a big deal. I would hope he'd play very little just to maintain health. He's luckily been very healthy in the NFL. Let's keep it that way. So you want to see him play quarterback, but not a ton. Well, if he's going to play quarterback, let's go. But if he's not, then no. Okay. Because we haven't seen him play quarterback hardly at all in the, in, uh, in the NFL. Had a good preseason with the Packers. That got him the Saints gig, right? Once Brett Hundley became the number two with the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly Jimmer Fredette's back in the NBA. doesn't matter if he's playing for a terrible team. We're all well, going to watch him. Yeah, but that was garbage. <laughs> but Taysom Hill playing with the Saints in the preseason kind of has that. The preseason just, it's just, bleh, right? But in the regular season, we're like, like, oh, I'm watching like, the Saints. I want to watch Sione do well with the Browns. I want to watch, you know, last night Bronson, like, forced a fumble. Like, that was great. You know, sure. Those are a couple plays. The whole game? Yeah. All right, number four. Big deal, no deal. This duck being not intimidated while watching the defensive line do work. Okay, there's a duck on the BYU football practice Wait, field. from just, the pond south of uh, campus? Just chillaxing. Like, all the, all the big beasts running around, yeah. the football team, and he just having a good old time in the sun, chilling. Do we, do we think that maybe this was like, it had like a camera on it from Utah or something? Like, do we think that they would stoop <laughs> to that level maybe? A GoPro. <laughs> this duck comes back, like flies back to send Kyle. In, send in Quackles. <laughs> Kyle Winningham's office. He's like, yes, Quackles, yes. <laughs> I, know, I know the plays now, even though we played them two games ago. Yes. Like, yeah. Strap on a GoPro, send in quackles, <laughs> bring us all the secrets. <laughs> Kalani sends something up to the, yeah, no. That's funny. Uh, no deal. Although, I th- yeah, I think that duck doesn't have a big deal gene in him or her. 
Oh, it just it's like whatever. Yeah, that's the whatever duck. I'm a duck, man. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go south of campus right now. I'm going to get me some bread. Yeah, I'm going to stay here. Because I'm going to be stuffed on the bread. I'm going to be in that really creepy lake where there's probably like a monster or something in there. Yeah. To me, it's it's kind of a deal because this duck now has way more publicity and attention than it ever would have received. Ever. This duck also has more access to practice than we do. (laughs) Next. I'd say that duck's pretty gangster just for the yeah. simple fact. There's a couple guys on that football team I know do like to hunt. Yeah. They just, they're not Brackenell Bakri may have consumed said duck later. Well, Kairos, <laughs> all, Kairos is always uh, a He's viable like, threat rawr. to do that as well. A little yeah. duck pate. Yes. <laughs> all right, last one. Big deal, no deal. The new Friday Fells videos put out by BYU Gymnastics. This is funny. Uh, I think it's a big deal. The one yeah. they put out this morning was really funny. We're looking at it. Someone, I don't know who it is. Goes off the vault and just like, Ain't, and then poses. <laughs> like, just gave up midway through. I haven't seen these other two. Yeah, oh, off the beam. Okay. Oh, it's not too bad. Right. They, they have these, like, these cameras are always up, right? So, they, yeah, this is funny. Okay, yeah, on, on the uneven bars. On the uneven bars. Oh, 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 oh that one looked painful. Oh. That's not funny. That's uh, not funny at was, all. I think it was Shannon Evans right there. and That, that did not look good, that, but she got that it looked up. looked like and, torn ACL thing. Yeah. Oh, geez. It was awful. I do love that they're putting this out. This is funny. But that third one, it's like, ow. I like real life access. Like, this is real life. Yeah. <laughs> I, just want them to be, to fake I just want them to be healthy, you know? Well, well on, on social media accounts, wealthy. typically it's your best foot forward. Like, oh, yeah. we, we always and only do amazing things. Best foot forward. A gymnastics pun. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook Using the hashtag BYUSN, the best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. We continue our one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with a guy who's making a position change. Like Zane Anderson, Chaz Ayu, who was recruited to BYU to play safety, is now jumping up to linebacker and all the weight gain and all that stuff that goes along with it. I'm doing that too, but not for the same reasons. Oh, you're gaining weight for yeah. what kind of a position change? Uh, uh, belly position change. <laughs> oh, stop it. You look, I've never weighed more. You look more. great. You exercise now more than you probably ever have. All the basketball you we'll play. discuss. Okay, yeah. is it elite? Is it an elite amount of exercise? <laughs> Jerem's out. Jerem's no. out. That in, the, is a, is no. in the meantime, we go one on one with Chaz Ayu from BYU football practice. Chaz, you're experiencing a new position this year within BYU football. Tell us about the process of how you went from playing safety now to playing linebacker. You know, it's been, a, it's been a hard process. I won't lie about that. Um, coming from safety, you know, it's obviously a little bit different mechanics, a little different IQ level um, of what you're trying to look for. But um, Coach Lamb has, co- has coached me really well. You know, he's put a lot of knowledge into my head. I've learned a lot from the other backers, but it's been a good, good little process so far. How much has having Zane Anderson around, who has done the exact same thing, helped your process in transitioning from safety to linebacker? It's helped a lot, you know, because me and Zane have the same, like, similar thinking, you know, coming from the same background. And so he's been able to kind of coach me and tell me, like, what's different? What's the difference between what a safety would do in a situation, what a linebacker would do? Um, So I've learned a lot from him. 
Right now, as it stands, are you fieldbacker, flashbacker behind Zane? Is is that the plan moving forward? Yeah. So right now, I'm behind Zane Anderson at flash. Um, just trying to keep my mind open, my my eyes open for the other three positions, other two positions as well. So I can play either way. What are your current responsibilities given that position? At flashbacker. Yeah. Uh, so really, our responsibility is a is the uh, number three receiver. Um, that's pretty much our responsibilities, the inside receivers and the running back as well. Um, that's pretty much the key for all three backers is the number three receiver and the, and the running back. When you talk about the difficulty of transitioning, what has been the hardest part about moving from safety to linebacker? I mean, you're in the box the whole time, you know, so you're facing those 300 pounders all the time. That's something that's constant. So if coming from safety where you're usually just shooting the open gaps and making tackles, you know, you kind of have to fight through a couple more guys. So. How does the training change so that you can accommodate having to deal with much bigger players on a regular basis? You know, you're constantly working on your hands. Uh, nothing is really light. Lifting with the backers, you know, there's a base weight that you go. You can't go lighter than that when lifting. And so, you know, you get really strong really fast. So, When you flew into Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a helicopter, did you ever think you'd be playing a linebacker at BYU? Never did I see that ever happening. No, <laughs> I didn't see that happening. They, there was rumors of it, but I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. What was the conversation like that you had with your dad when you found out that you were switching positions? My dad loved it. I mean, my dad has kind of kept it to himself, but he's always he said he's always seen me as a linebacker, uh, just with the way that I come down into the box. And so I was kind of surprised, but, you know, he kind of expected that move. Okay, so you've got dad's approval. More importantly, do you have mom's approval on the position change? Yeah, mom definitely approves of it. <laughs> she just wants to see me on the field, you know. So it can be right defensive end. It can be anything. As long as I'm on the field, it makes mom happy. So, What's the biggest strength of this overall BYU defense right now? You know, our D-line has shown a lot of strength in this camp. Um, you know, we keep stats of every practice, you know, interceptions, takeaways. And so far, the highest stat we've had all camp is sacks, amount of sacks. Um, and they're not going against a, a battle line, you know. There's, what, three All-Americans, freshman All-Americans or something like that. So... They've been really solid this fall camp. Chaz, are you with us on BYU Sports Nation? I know you have love for the secondary, so what can you tell us, even though you're not playing with those guys, what can you tell us about the current state of the secondary and how they're performing? They're just athletic. You know, this is a really athletic group of DBs. You know, they're covering, they're locked down. We put them in a lot of situations where it's just one-on-one, and they've proven that they can handle that. And so I'm excited to see how they uh, pan out against these teams. What What's photo day like as a BYU football player? Photo day, it's just a lot of jokes, man. Everyone's just trying to stay entertained, standing in lines the whole time. So it's just a lot of jokes, just talking and messing around. 22 uh, days away, or I guess I should just say three weeks, three weeks away from playing Utah. Uh, what's the biggest question mark over these final remaining weeks as you move forward to facing the Utes? Man, biggest question marks for us as a team or individually? Let's start with the team. As a team, I would say one of our biggest questions is, I don't really know. I mean, we're just pretty antsy for it right now. I mean, I guess we haven't really got to see their, the way they run their offense, you know, with the new OC. Um, we've, we can only watch film on other teams. And so we're just kind of – that's our kind of our question mark is where they're going to have guys and how they're going to run it. Okay, and what about you individually? What's the biggest question mark for yourself? Am I heavy enough? <laughs> I, I'm just trying to put on weight every day, just pounding the food. So I'm just trying to gain weight as much as I can. So been able to gain about 12 pounds this offseason. So it's been good. Okay, what's the target weight and what's the meal to get you there? Man, target weight, it'd be nice if I could get 220. I'm just trying to get up to about 212, 215 right now. And it's just steak, rice, and chicken. That's morning, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is steak, rice, and chicken. So 
Sounds like a uh, pretty healthy, steady diet. Steady, yeah. Very uh, bland. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sick. Might be a little tougher for the helicopter to lift off, though, right? If you get to 220? <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing, though. That'll be a good thing. <laughs> Chaz, thanks so much, man. Yeah. Chaz, all you 101 BYU Sports Nation all access. <laughs> throw the helicopter. You know? <laughs> you, got it. you have to. You have to. He's trying to get to 220. Think it's he regrets doing that? Steak, rice, and chicken. So that's I- like a defining attribute. It's, listen, if someone offered me a ride in... Helicopter run into LES? I would take it. To announce your recruitment? Is anyone? No, just for any reason. Is anyone giving me the opportunity to go in a helicopter into LES? I'll take it. Let's go. Some people are afraid of helicopters just straight up. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. So can I join you on the helicopter I have life ride? insurance. We'll be all right. When you get this offer to ride in a helicopter, I'm confident someone's going to say, yeah, I can hook you up. Let's go. <laughs> I want to go. They're probably not going to let us at this juncture of the season, <laughs> but maybe later. Yeah. I want to go. I, I think that he's going to play a big role in this season because you need multiple linebackers. Hopefully Zane Anderson stays healthy, and Chaz Ayu is a guy that at some position can get on the field, former safety, so you can put him in a nickel situation. Sure. He's a guy that's pretty versatile and one of the top recruits in the last 15, 20 years for BYU. Is he so good that he might be able to help out that middle linebacker position too? He said he's keeping his mind open for all three linebacker positions. Linebackers get banged up. It's just they're so physical. They're in on everything. So we'll see. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week. Here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow, the Cougars will scrimmage for the first time this fall camp at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Again, it's closed. Don't go. <laughs> Offensive coordinator uh, Jeff Grimes isn't a fan of holding out any players out of the scrimmage. I'm usually not in favor of that unless Kalani makes me, which sometimes might be the case. Um, but we got a couple of guys that are banged up, so part of it will depend on, depend on what we get from the training room. But there will certainly be some guys that get more reps than others. On the other side of that coin, defensive coordinator Elias Tuiaki has the regular season in mind first. The name of the game is get these guys to the fight. I mean, how dumb would I look as a coach showing up with, with uh, two guys that are missing? It's just, it's just you, you're not a very good coach, right? If all of a sudden you just, you're not deep. And so I think uh, good coaches have good players, first of all. But then also you can do a little bit as far as training them and getting them. But the bottom line is get, get as many guys to the fight as you can. And uh, they'll make you look good. Spencer, should all the starters go live in scrimmage? It depends on the year. If you're trying to figure out what your team is and there are several position battles happening and you're more than a week into fall camp and you just got to see them in a live scenario, then, then yes, in those instances, maybe more players do go live. And that was probably the case for Jeff Grimes last year in his first year as offensive coordinator was, I got to see what these guys look like in as close to game speed as we can get them in a scrimmage. BYU and the coaches know more about this year's team than they did last year or even the year before that. So there is not the necessity to have to send these guys out there and have them go full speed. They, I think in most cases they know what they have. So I'm with the Eli Satuiaki here where it's like just keep guys healthy. You know what you have for the most part. In cases that you don't, maybe those players are the ones that go live. But I think – 80 to 85% BYU knows exactly what they have. There's no need to send everyone out there and have them go full speed and risk injury. Because Coach Tuiaki's right. How dumb would he look if he sends everybody out there and then two of his projected starters, or heaven forbid more, get hurt 
and can't play in the actual games. So I think logic wins out here because BYU collectively know what they have. It's, it's, there's about 10 players, I would think, that qualify for what we're talking about specifically. Every single backup needs to go live. There's no backup that needs to be held out, right? It's certain starters. Like defensively, I would say Zane Anderson, Isaiah Kafusi, Kairos Tung, Austin Lee, Diangon Wiliku do not play. They do not need to play. There's a core of your But defense. you need to see everything Peyton Wilgar can do and Jackson Kafusi and uh, Kavik Fonua at middle linebacker and all these guys, right? Um, offensively, there's some guys that should be held out, right? Like Zach Wilson's not going to go live. Jaron Hall, I don't think, should go live, right? But the three should go live. I think you should be able to. Tackle the third-string quarterback. Like, get in on a sack. Uh, There's two sides of this, right? One is like, hey, let's just be healthy. Two is, have we tackled somebody? Are we prepared physically to match up with Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington because we prepared in that way? It's hard in 2019, too. We kind of lean on the less physical than more physical side when it comes to the practices to try and avoid injuries, to obviously avoid concussions and whatnot. So it's hard to know where the line is on, okay, I am properly prepared to have contact courage and be in on, a, on a, the run game, right? Yeah, how much do these guys need that at this point in terms of veterans? To, to get the contact courage. Like certain guys coming off injuries, you want to say, well, not at all. But it's like, but when is that going to happen? Because what you'd hate to happen is in the Utah game, it's the first time you really go. And it's like, oh, I didn't go full speed because I haven't like led up to this. It's hard to know where that line is. It's a tricky balance for sure, but it's the coach's job and responsibility to make sure that the players are Oh, it's our job. That's why we're talking about and it. And healthy and ready to go for the actual game. So, yeah, it, I, there is no perfect answer here and I think it just depends on the roster and the personnel and it changes from year to year are your expectations now higher for Zach Wilson no he's just getting there quicker than we thought there being the start the return right post-surgery no I expect uh, Zach Wilson to be improved do I expect him to be Max Hall 07 sophomore year I don't know. That was a three. That was a, like a thirty-five hundred yard year or something. That was wild, right? The schedules that Zach Wilson plays are different, and in my opinion, harder than what Max Hall played. Even, even compared, like oh nine, you could probably compare to what BYU is playing now. They played like four or five ranked teams. It was really hard. I've discussed a few numbers that really stick out about Zach Wilson that showed us that the appetizer of his freshman year, starting seven games, perhaps could be. A nice entree as a sophomore. And let's start with this. His pass efficiency number of 157, if qualified, would have been 13th in FBS. Now, Zach played one Power 5 team and one quality Group 5 team in Boise State. Uh, and then there's the second number, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zach Wilson averaged 8.7 yards per attempt last season. If qualified, would have been 11th. In FBS, okay? That gives you an idea of how explosive you are. So first efficiency, second explosive, and then third, his uh, duality as a runner. I think we act like Jaron Hall is this run- Zach Wilson's a runner, too. He averaged 7.3 yards per rush on non-sack carries. So those three numbers tell me that Zach Wilson can be very efficient, he can uh, be explosive, and he can run. This is the ideal quarterback. Zach Wilson, I think, could be very good. Am, am I going to put him in the quarterback factory after this season? No. He's going to have a couple more years for us to determine his legacy. But those three numbers tell us he could be very good. Jeff Grimes is very calculated when he gives compliments and with what he says because he's a smart guy. He's an analytical guy. So for him to come right out and say, Zach Wilson is 
farther ahead in the offense than at any point when he's been here, and he's just progressed farther than we expected him to be at this point, is fantastic news for Zach and for all BYU fans. Again, Jeff Grimes is not the hype guy. He, he will never be the hype guy. I don't know. Did you see his mustache? He is not sideburns? the hype guy. <laughs> that said, I want to drink some of the blue Kool-Aid so bad off of this, but I'm like, what does it really mean? I mean, what does it really mean? And I'm like you. I go back to last season. I think, okay, 18 for 18 was incredible. But what was Zach Wilson's best win as a starting quarterback? He beat Hawaii. Yeah. He beat wasn't that good. UMass. Yeah. He Did, beat almost, Western listen, Michigan. The moral victories in Boise State and, and unfortunately Utah. But because right? of the way he played against those teams on that. the road, sure. it's like, ah. They, see, and the way he plays determines what happens in the game, but it's not everything. It's not everything. Like, Boise State, certainly at his freshman moment, he'll look back at that and go, yeah, that was on me. Guess what, though? He made a lot of plays to get BYU back in that game. What were they down, 14 nothing in the first or something? It was looking bad. It was looking really bad. It, again, it's just a hint. And I said if qualified, he didn't, he didn't have enough volume to qualify with those numbers. I think if he has the full volume of the seasons, the numbers will not be that high because of who BYU's playing. The Tennessee secondary is going to be tougher than, I don't know, you know, UMasses or whatever. Like, he's going to play a tougher uh, schedule. And if I'm Tanner Mangum, I'm like, can anyone grade me on a tough curve for the first <laughs> six last year, which were significantly tougher than the last seven? He hasn't beaten a Power 5 team, speaking of Tanner Mangum, until last season as a starter. As a starter, yeah. How about that? He was like 0-7 or something, 0-10. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Zach Wilson, ahead of schedule, and I try and qualify this with – Wins and losses. Okay, what does it mean? What do I expect? And I find myself leaning towards, okay, maybe the line in the regular season goes from seven wins to seven and a half for me. It's tough because what if the defense stinks and it's not up to Zach, right? What if, you know, there are major injuries in a certain area and it's like, that's just out of your control at this point. Like, tell me, when you hear these comments, you don't feel at least a little bit of a twinge of, hey, maybe sure. you can win. Yeah. A game or two more. Yeah, sure. 2017 <laughs> happened. It scared me to death, right? But it all starts. We're all very, very cautious because of 2017. Yeah, I. Yeah, we're all uh, <laughs> hyper. But it all starts with Utah, baby. That it does. Countdown to the Utes. 24 days. Whoa, what happened? Whoa, you okay? Whoa. I should we do it again? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I, I, I had something in my throat, and I, the sound just didn't come Countdown out. Countdown to the Utes. There That's we go. better. There we go. I took a breath and I yeah. was like, I'm speechless. Don't you dare breathe. I am speechless. How dare you? 23 days. 23 days Ooh. away, to be exact. Three weeks from Thursday. 22 days. 22. Clyde Drexler. Danny Ainge. Yeah. Three weeks from tomorrow, we will be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium soaking in the game day atmosphere. This is a lot for me to do. Before then. <laughs> we did a walkthrough at the stadium. By the way, I saw yesterday at the stadium the the new uh, walkways walkways between stands. Really nice. They're not going to put up a bunch of stuff. It's just for walking. Beautiful view uh, between there. It's going to be great. They added bathrooms on the uh, upper level. It's nice. And Cougar Canyon is going to be really cool. Uh, we're going to be out there. Showing you what's going on, countdown to kickoff. So, yeah, I'm super stoked. Yeah, exciting game day atmosphere. I drove past the stadium yesterday and felt that 
surge of excitement. Yeah. Yeah, like Rudy. I know, like, it's he close. Notre Dame. That's it's, weird. It's close. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. 21 days. 21 days away. Three weeks. Remember three weeks th- from today? This beautiful trucker hat that we got from Jamal Williams. His uncle made it, and Jamal gave it to us. Of course, Jamal wore number 21 at BYU. He's now number 30 with the Green Bay Packers, but he will forever be in our hearts number 21. And that's why. leading rusher. 21 days away from BYU in Utah. 20 days. 20 days away from BYU in Utah. Shout out to former number 20, Reno Mahe, who did some nice things in the rivalry games against Utah. Stay up to date with The Countdown. Every weekday on BYU Sports Nation, on BYU TV, and BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy, you had the distinct privilege and honor of interviewing one of Northridge High School's finest, mm-hmm. representing Layton, Utah. Yep. Diane Gawolaku. He's in artist, my top three. Formerly known as Diane Lake. He's in your top three of, of favorite Northridge North athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know there's some bitterness there because based on what happened to your high school against my high no. school. No. No. <laughs> no, there's no bitterness. I understood what was going to happen. 70 points from Daniel Coates and Jace McCormick and the guys, the defending champs. They went B2B against Skyline. That back, impressive. Two back, two back, three in a row. What? Three in a row? Skyline. There you go. The three Pete. Wouldn't it be nice That's for awesome. BYU to have a three Pete of some sort? <laughs> I just want to beat UMass. <laughs> beat UMass. I'm still waiting for that T-shirt, by the way. Diane Gawoliku, one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. Why did he switch positions? Here we go. All right, Diane, a couple days into camp. How are you feeling right now? I feel great. I'm alive at 25. I'm just kidding. I just turned 21 <laughs> or 22 yesterday. Happy birthday. Appreciate it. I was like, you're not 25. No Taysom Hill thing here. Right? Oh, that's not me. That's not me. Shout out to Taysom, though. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been watching the videos from the Saints of uh, him competing with Drew Brees after practice? Oh, yeah. Taysom's a man. I'm like, he can, I'm like, he can do anything. Playing basketball out there, too. I was like, that's crazy. His versatility is impressive. Yours is impressive, uh, not only in the secondary. We'll talk about that in a moment. But you scored a touchdown in the potato bowl. Are you asking for more offensive snaps this year? I'm low-key in. You know, I always want the ball, but they got Tyson, Emmanuel, all the running backs there. So they went from, like, barely any running backs to a lot. So it was, like, I'm the, like, eighth string now. So, you know, I can't – I'm not even sure if I'm going to get the ball or not. Before they came, was there any conversation there, any desire there to get a few reps on offense? Uh, Coach Stewart, like, messed around with me, like, hey, we need a running back. But I'm like, bro, you know I'm defense, but mm-hmm. – I don't know. They talked to me about it, but I never switched over. I'm always going to be on defense. That's that, where I'm at. that option's always there, like the potato ball, right? Yeah, always there. Always Just don't tell no one's secret. Secret yeah. play. Well, the secret got out in the game, but yeah. yeah <laughs> For sure. Okay, in the secondary, you be, you were originally a corner. You moved to safety. Are you back at corner now? I am. Like, I miss my safety brothers, but corner's fun. That's where the physicality's at, and I, I love it. Who started the conversation to make that switch? Was it you? Was it the coaches? It was always kind of like floating, even when I was at safety. Like, sometimes they need me back at corner. Like, all season last year, I played safety. The last game with the bowl game, I played corner for the first time the whole year. So it's always been there. Just mutual decision, move back to corner. Do you have a preference when you think you do better, when you like more? I feel like I'm a better corner, to be honest. Like, safety's tough for me. Like, I could make some plays there, but it wasn't what I wanted. Like, so corners for me, best for me, I feel like. What is it about that position that you feel like you do really well? 
talk trash. <laughs> is that the number one thing you need to do as a corner? Oh, yeah. You got to get in the receiver's head, and that's what I'm good at. So just get in the receiver's head. Even when I'm tired, I'm still, I find a way to talk trash and get in their heads. And I like the physicality right up facing one-on-one up on them like that and so playing back safety is boring i'm just chilling looking at them like dang i wish i could talk trash to them right now but that's the fun of it the corners were quietly really good i'm not sure a lot of people even knew their name which is i think a good thing as a corner right you don't notice them right um but tell us a little bit about this group that does return a lot of guys that played last year yeah they had like last year they were young obviously and they had to mature fast, and Guilford just threw them in there whenever. Like, they could rotate. We had Keenan Ellis playing. We had uh, Isaiah Heron, D'Lo. So they all went in there, freshman, sophomore, and did did their thing. They weren't scared, and that's the thing you got to have. You have a, have a swagger as a corner and just, like, feel like you're the best on the field, and they did that. It can get lonely out there, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's why you got to make friends with the receivers. You either make friends with them <laughs> and talk to receivers all game, or you're just fighting all game. But either way, you made a, you made a friend, you're talking to someone. Yep, you got to talk to somebody. Tell us about the safeties. Uh, now that you're not in that group, I guess, uh, who's in the mix there with Austin Lee and Troy Warner? So it's like Troy, Austin Lee. We got Bo Tanner moved back over there, and he's been doing I, I thought he had left the team, but now he was yeah, back. He's back. Yeah. And then you see him. He was making some plays out here, too. Oh, that's my dude. We call him White Lightning. He's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Bo Tanner's back there. Uh, we got Sawyer Powell. They're all there. So, like, they're, good. they're a good group of seniors, and I feel like they're going to lead the safety group pretty well. For a basketball player in the offseason, it's always like, okay, what are you adding to your arsenal offensively? What move are you working on or whatnot? For a football player like yourself, what is it in the offseason that you specify that you want to do better? Um, just like like footwork drills and just mobility pretty much. Just like make, being able to move your hips. Obviously, like you got to have flexible hips or you can't play DB. Like You see some DBs out there just stiff. But you just want to be flexible. So I've started trying to take yoga. I even asked my wife, like, take me, put me in a hot yoga class. Like Flexibility, and that's... It prevents injuries and helps you with the good hips. So are you more flexible now? Oh, yeah, for sure. You like how much more? Touch my toes pretty good now. For, could you before? No. Yeah, you <laughs> I wasn't flexible at all. Like you can see, if you go back and watch film, even when I started playing corner, I was so stiff. I watched, I look back, I'm like, dang. <laughs> I don't know how quarterback didn't look at me and just throw it out there. Like, <laughs> That's <laughs> but, not good, right, if the quarterback sees you and then goes your way? That's yeah, good. it's bad, but. Some DBs like it. I, I, right now, I like it if they see me and, like, oh, he's not a good DB and try to throw it at me because that's opportunities to make a play. Mm-hmm. But before, I was like, please don't throw it, please don't throw it. But it's good now. You found a knack, especially last year, of, of recovering fumbles on punts and, uh, and just scooping it. You had a scoop and score as well on defense. What is it about when the ball is in the open that, that uh, I guess, is good for you to be able to find it? To be honest, when I'm running down, I just think they're always going to drop it. Because it's pun- catching punts is hard. Like I did it in high school. Like it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, and I'm probably gonna do it here. But it's like I always think they're gonna drop the ball, so I don't slow down at all. Like I don't break down and wait for them to catch it. I just keep going. And some of them panic and fumble the ball, and I'm right there. They feel that fumble energy coming from you. Yeah, I think for right? sure, yeah. for sure. I'm like, hey, fumble, fumble, fumble. <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to. You say it out loud. Low key, the okay. DBC, the DBs hear me next to. I'm like, he's fumbling for sure. And <laughs> the, the only one that didn't drop a punt. Um, and he did later against was Cal. He's like, I don't drop them. And he ended up dropping one. So I was like, so you know, I was talking big trash then. Okay. You mentioned uh, you're playing high school. You went to Northridge. Spencer went to Northridge. What is it that makes Northridge great in your opinion? With the Knights, like everyone needs a knight in their life. Knight in shiny armor, you feel me? That's what we live by. <laughs> I like uh, my Copperheads Grizzlies, but let's not talk about my senior year when Northridge put up 70. 
Daniel Coates, I'm still mad about it. Anyway, tell us about the offensive side of the ball. Who's sticking out? Who looks good? All the receivers, they're all clicking good. And of course, our amazing old line, they're doing their thing. We got a good line. They're they're doing their thing over there. Old line quarterbacks, Zach's doing good. Like his shoulder looks solid. He's throwing deep balls. Uh, Jaron's doing good. All the receivers are in motion. Like everything's just good with the offense. Like top to bottom, doesn't matter who's in. Do you feel like uh, when when you have the quarterback that's at least uh, you know equal to or better than the other quarterback on the other team? That's a good feeling. Do you feel like that's the case with Zach Wilson going into the season? Oh, yeah, he's better. Zach's, than everybody would be while you were playing? Yeah. I feel like Zach's good. Like, that's, he's the man for sure. He can get the ball. He, got, he has a swagger and confidence for it, too. So I have, we have faith in him and all of our quarterbacks, especially going down to Jaron. Like, we got faith in all of them. Okay. Well, we appreciate the time. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Stay healthy and enjoy fall camp. Yes, sir. Thank you. Dying Gawalaku, everybody needs a knight in shining armor in their lives. The BYU defense, they have one. Yeah. Straight out of North. I really like Dan. I think he's one of the best ball hawks on the defense. He has a knack for finding the football and making plays. He's a guy that finds the end zone. He's scored uh, several defensive touchdowns. He creates turnovers. He's a good corner. I think he he said, I like, I'm a better corner than safety. Yeah. So now now it behooves uh, Malik Moore and Sawyer Powell at one spot and Austin Lee and Troy Warner, I would assume, at another spot to get that done. Um, you know, questions about some health in the secondary at this point, a little early, a little... It, it's always, uh, I guess, alarming if there are injuries this early in camp, whether it's uh, they're not recovered and ready or it happens when you don't even have pads on, right? So hopefully BYU can stay healthy and be ready to ride. Yes, here's to good health, always and forever. Absolutely. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. And speaking of Mr. Jordan, we throw a little twist into his usual 10-10. and 10. It is Jerem's 20-10, the top names BYU will face this season. Ten lists in ten weeks. It's Jerem, ten and ten. There's some cool names. Some weird ones, too. Let's get to it. Number 20, Alex Morgan, tight end Toledo. How many creepy dudes DM this guy on the reg? An unfortunate name coincidence with the USA women's soccer player. Nobody needs to be sliding into those DMs. (laughs) Number 19, DJ Williams, cornerback, Utah State. We don't know if this is his real name or his DJ name Friday and Saturday nights at Classic Skating in Logan. Is there a Classic Skating in Logan? There should be if there's not. I know there's one in Ogden. Same thing, right? Number 18, Dave Small, linebacker, South Florida. Dave Moonlights as a backer for USF, but can also do your taxes come February. Over nine combined letters for a first and last name. I'd like my taxes done early. I want that return money. Dave, he's your guy. Number 17, Shaq Bond, safety, Utah State. He has the power of Shaquille O'Neal and James Bond. If he has the power of Shaquille O'Neal and James Bond, why is he not higher on this list? Or playing at a Power 5 school. Number 16, LeCarrier Pleasant Johnson, defensive back Utah. The freshman from Phoenix seems like a nice dude. He may not be so nice on August 29th, but neither will BYU. Cannot wait. 23 days. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Number 15, Naru and Shaka. Wide receiver, Toledo. Best key and peel, east-west all-star name in the list. <laughs> Naru and Shaka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome, key and peel. 
Number 14, Skylar Emery, defensive line, Idaho State. The combination of Skylar Halford and Nick Emery is an interesting one. I feel like that guy would live in Pocatello, so this is perfect. I think his mustache is even better than his name. Wow, look at that. Number 13, Draco Bynum, defensive line, Washington. Is this guy an annoying annoying character in a popular book series or perhaps related to Laker washout Andrew Bynum, who somehow dated Rihanna at one point? (laughs) The answer may surprise you. Quite tangy you brought up with Andrew Bynum. That said... Does he not hate the fact that his name is Draco? Draco. Is there any maybe, good maybe feeling it. associated with Draco? Maybe he loves it. All right. Number 12, Nigel Warrior, defensive back, Tennessee. His name is appropriate as he had 83 tackles, three forced fumbles, a pick, and a sack in 2018. Kellen Winslow Jr. thinks he's literally a warrior. Oh, snap. You had to go there. But Nigel Warrior is a fantastic football name. Number 11, Kafari Buffalo, safety, Boise State. Kafari feels like a combination of killer safari or something that sounds super dangerous and expensive. And are there Buffalo and Boise? I know there are goats that eat grass in neighborhoods sometimes. There they are. That's a real thing. That happens. If he's good, I so much hope he gets drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Kafari Buffalo Bills. Number 10, Jarius Abercrombie, (laughs) offensive line, Tennessee. Jarius can protect, help protect a quarterback or get you a three for 39 sale on tees. I like volunteers that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> Number nine, Zach Matlock, quarterback, Boise State. There's no defense. Zach Matlock can't solve. Okay. Shout out to um, LFO, by the way. Remember that group? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> shout out to KBYU, which used to show Matlock. Number eight, Benton Wickersham, linebacker, Boise State. Is he really a middle linebacker? Or is he a character on Lark Rise to Candleford, which somehow took our rebroadcast space in the afternoons on BYU TV? Uh, paging Jerem Jordan to HR right now. <laughs> HR, come on. Number seven, Amon Ra St. Brown, wide receiver USC. By the power of Ra, Amon Ra, you're playing with the big boys now. Oh. And he's a saint, so there's that. There's a lot going on here. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Number six, Chico McClatcher, wide receiver, Washington. This is a return offender from the 10 and 10 list last year. Five C's? Nice. If Chico has a good season, he'll be popular with the Chicas. Yeah! <laughs> Number five, Octavius Battle, quarterback, South Florida. Is this a Greek god or a modern college football player? It sounds like Spider-Man's <laughs> next foe. <laughs> Octavius Battle. <laughs> this summer. Number four. Jesse Lemon, yay! Defensive end, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. When life gives you lemons, make Lemon Yay. That's French for quarterback sack. I love lemons, man. I'm just hungry. Next. I, I'll just eat le- I love eating lemons, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Number three, Kikani Okoa Holomalia Gonzalez. Offensive line, Boise State. This is the greatest Polynesian-Hispanic name combo in the history of Idaho, and there have been a lot. The exact antithesis of Dave Small. (laughs) Exactly. Number two, Eddie McDoom. (laughs) Wide receiver, South Florida. The Michigan transfer sounds like a Marvel villain, speaking Uh of. uh An imposing figure for opposing defenses. Combine it with the McRib, and perhaps it's the greatest thing in the history of the world. Listen, when Tom Holland takes down Octavius Battle and Eddie McDoom, it's going to make for a great movie. Oh, Tommy. And the number one name BYU will face this season is Stephen Buckshot Calvert, quarterback, Liberty. Buckshot is his legal middle name. His dad, Steve, like NASCAR driver Buckshot Jones, and it fits. <laughs> Calvert can sling it. Ask Baylor. He put up 447 in 2017, and those are the top 20 names BYU will face in the year 2019. Is that not the most NASCAR name ever? <laughs> My name's Buckshot Jones. <laughs> from, from Florida. I'm cruising to Hemi today, boys. 
Hey, speaking of coaching, I would love to be a NASCAR coach. Okay, oh, here's like, what you do. Like a pit crew coach? Here's, no, not the pit crew. That's very complex. Just okay. the coach of the driving part. Okay. Like talk to ju- him? Just bend left the whole time. I will see you later. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Turn right. Turn right. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I turned left instead of right. What? Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Jerem Jordan, back to work at BYU Football Fall Camp with the new offensive line coach, Eric Mateos, who's calling out the big uglies, or the big beauties, whatever you want to call them. Here's Jerem Jordan, BYU Football All Access on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Eric, uh, practice five can finally put on all the pads. What kind of difference did you see in today's practice? Uh, Well, you're getting to the point of camp now um, where you're in practice five. To be honest with you, even though we have the pants on meow, it's not really a deal where it's any different for us on the O-line. We've been hitting each other for a few days now, so it's just another day for us. Through five practices, what have you really liked from your group on the offensive line? Um, I think the trans the transition from the summer work to what we're working on now, it's one of those deals where you have a lot of drills you give them to do in the summer. They know what the, you've done from the spring. They've been lifting, and now you're on the field with the defense, and you got them in front of you and translating that to actual playing football rather than lifting weights. They've been really good doing that so far. Traditionally, you want a certain amount of physicality for a certain amount of contact to prepare for that first game. How has the coaching staff managed that where you don't want to get guys hurt too early, where you want to be physical, but you got a game to play in uh, three and a half weeks? Yeah, well, I don't even put that in their heads. You know, I don't let them know necessarily. If I'm rotating, um, I'll kind of do it on my own. Um, but that is my responsibility to monitor that and to be honest with you, the first uh, week or so of pads, I'm not thinking about it a whole lot. I mean, we're trying to establish a physical identity, and we got to do it meow so we can do it on the first game. So, if we don't if we don't come out and practice it every day, it doesn't doesn't do much. So, we'll get as we get closer to the games, we'll start monitoring reps a little bit closer. How has your relationship with your position group changed since you first showed up as the new guy to now? Hey, we're in fall camp. Yeah, well, that was the objective through spring ball getting here so um, late in the process and not having a lot of time to really put my feet down and establish an identity within the spring it was really just kind of learning about each other in the spring and seeing kind of what made each other tick and they have to trust me just like I trust them and we're just kind of getting to know each other in the spring and then Really, after spring, when we had a few more times to have a couple meetings here or there, that's where we really, you know, they know what I expect. And there's no more discussion. There's no more confusion. And when we get on this field now, it's, it's, we're full-blown full going. We're going. What percentage of your day is spent thinking about the offensive line? Percentage of my day? Um, 97%. What's the other 3%? Uh, last night I was watching some 
some of the news. I like to watch some political stuff late at night. That's kind of my, you know what I'll say? It's my version of trash TV. That's my version <laughs> of the trash TV nowadays is the, is the, is the national news. So I watch it about every night for a little while before I go to bed. So that's the 3%, that's the news. The 3%, yeah. Everything else, you know, is, is I think about football. So, I you know, I'm not exactly a very exciting person. <laughs> I think you're fun. Uh, you're growing the sideburns and the stash like yeah. Jeff Grimes. Yeah. Is this an offensive coaching staff decision? Is this a I got a rep with my OC? What is this? Well, to be honest, I didn't know the sideburn rule. Um, I didn't know that there was a limitation. And Welcome to Brigham. Yeah, well, I embrace it. I, I love it. <laughs> and I thought, why not? You know, when you're in training camp, it's uh, you're around all dudes all day anyway, so I got nobody to impress, and so I'm just going to let it go. Okay, let's talk about the players uh, on the O-line. A lot of people excited because there's a lot returning, a lot of young guys who have received uh, notable grades from pro football focus and whatnot. What does that mean to you knowing the type of group you have, yet you still have to mold and improve this group? Uh, well, now let me just say this. is I know – uh, and I don't want to put disrespect on our players, but it's just getting kind of old talking about last season. And my message to the guys, and I said this to somebody the other day, is that, to be honest with you, they give freshman All-American to any freshman that starts and plays a whole season. That's just what they do. That's just that's how college football works. And I'm not don't, not trying to downplay it, but it's just it's, it's more about us doing what we want to do this year and talking about anything that we've already accomplished. Everybody has a clean slate. Everybody's got something to prove. we got lots of competition, and there's no guarantee that anyone's going to have their job, and that's the way it has to be in this position. And they're hungry, uh, maybe more meow than they've ever been before, but I want to keep it going. Tell me about some of the individuals in the group who are the leaders right now and what they're doing to lead. We have a lot of leaders. Um, we got guys that lead in different ways, vocal guys, like uh, Tristan and Harris are vocal. James is vocal. Uh, Brady is more um, by example. Kiefer's by example. Chandon, Thomas Schoff by example. we got a lot of guys that have their own way of doing things, so I don't like to just put one guy as the alpha. The alpha will emerge, as always, and maybe a couple, but I don't want to say that one or two guys are the leaders. we got a lot of guys that lead in their own way. Will it require uh, more than five dudes to get it done this year on the O-line? The more you got, the merrier. You know, I've been around lines where you had the same five. I think 2015, Arkansas, we had the same five for every snap of the season. doesn't happen very often. Every snap? Every snap. Wow. And we were a really good line. And Coach Sam Pittman at Georgia was the leader of that, and I was the GA. But we had a really good line, and they played every snap. But that doesn't happen very often, so... The way, I, the way I see it, we need to have eight guys that can win football games. So if we have eight guys that can win games, we'll be a great O-line. We'll be able to sub a little bit here and there. And the way we're transitioning this offense to get more plays in, you know, we might not, we're not going to be playing 65-play games. Our goal is to be playing 85, 90, 95-play games on offense. And when you do that, it's nice to get a 20-play spell um, at a position or two. So that's the plan. Who's, with that in mind, who's in the best shape on the O-line right now? Um, Chandon Herring and Tristan Hodge. Yeah, they are, uh, those two guys are freaky. They are freaky in shape. They're freaky strong. They're freaky fast. They're just, they're on another level athletically, and they worked this summer, and so they can just go. They just go.
Well, we got some other guys that might not be in as good a shape, but are mentally tough, and that that might be just as important as running laps. Yeah. The Utah defensive line has certainly been a strength over the years. Uh, I guess what kind of uh, emotions come to mind when you think about the exciting challenge that is the Utah defense uh, coming up on August 29th? Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna put ourselves um, at a level that where we have high expectations, then we can't want to play against lesser opponents. And the only way that you can really be great and consider yourself a great unit is by playing against great units and performing well. And that's all we're really concerned with. They have a fantastic uh, defense. They have a fantastic D-line with, with two great coaches coaching their D-line. I have a lot of respect for her. And uh, we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. They're going to be ready. And that's what you want. And a lot, of, a lot is made of the schedule. But the fact is, if you don't want this kind of schedule, you don't have a pulse and you don't really belong in Division One major college football. So this is just what we're about and this is what we're going to be about. We hope, we wish that we had more Power Five games. We wish we had eight, nine. So hopefully it gets to that soon. Let's finish with this. On media day, Jeff Grimes had a 25-second spell where he just stared into the ether. Yeah. What? Yeah. While you were talking. Yeah. What happened? Was your answer boring? Was he boring? Like, what happened? The only thing I could think of is that he was wondering one of two things. Did he leave the garage open when he left? And probably wondering if his kids were practicing hard at their sports practices. Other than that, or he could have been thinking about food, too. Like, he's probably thinking about, because right before we did that interview, we had, like, 20 seconds to scarf a lunch down. I had just ran over and changed in my car from summer camps. And so I was, like, panting out of breath. And then he had been doing that all day. And so, I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) That was a bad position for us to be in. Hopefully next year we don't have to do that. That was incredible. And he didn't blink either. No. Well, uh, Grimey's got... uh, He's kind of got this compelling stare, and even like you could ask the players, he's got some eyes now that'll mm-hmm. that'll that'll go through your soul. So you do an impersonation of him? Yeah, I'm not even. No, I'm you're not, not even going to try. No, you're going to try on the facial hair, but not this. I'm no, I'm not going to impersonate his stare. <laughs> I won't do it justice, and there's no way I could do it. I can I can go without blinking for about five seconds. That's it. Yeah, okay. I got. I'm look. I mean. I, You've already, I've already lost you, yeah. my attention like six times during this interview, so I can't focus. <laughs> well, Eric, we appreciate the time. Good luck in fall camp. Yeah. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma, the good luck with the big uglies. Yeah, thank you very much. Go Cougs. Mateos, one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. Who won that battle, Jerem? He told me after that he said the word meow seven times in that interview. Did, Did you, you notice any of them? Did you hear meow seven times? I only noticed once. But, yeah, he had a lot of things to say there, and we have no time to discuss it, but we will at some point. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Fessie Satake, the BYU wide receivers coach, has been around for a while and has crossed paths with several of these BYU coaches, not just in his coaching tenure, but also as a player. That's one part of my conversation with him. Also, who has not been dropping passes and which wide receiver has surprised him the most through one week of fall camp? All part of our BYU Sports Nation All Access 
one-on-one interview from BYU football fall camp. Fessy, I want to dive down a rabbit hole that we were just discussing. You were Ed Lamb's first ever recruit. Tell us about this story. Well, uh, Coach Lamb is nothing without me, first off. Um, I made his career. No, he, uh, uh, when he took, first took over at Southern Utah, um, I was just coming off a mission. I was enrolled at the University of Utah, uh, had classes, was practicing with the team, player-run practices, and about three days before school started, uh, Coach Lamb called me, and I found out, obviously in hindsight, that he, he reached out to uh, Coach Kalani and Aaron Roderick uh, because they, they had been at Southern Utah, um, and he just said, was looking for some help and how to get things started and they said hey well there's four guys that just came off their mission that played underneath us they're expected to come to utah if you can get one or two or all of them you're off to a great start and um and so he he reached out to me and got my other three best friends in and we started recruiting some guys and it was a fun fun deal so um, it was one of the best decisions i ever made so you made him look good when you were a player and now you're making him look good as a fellow assistant coach Oh, yeah, 100% all the way, right? Everything that Coach Lamb does that's good uh, just comes because he recruited me in 2008, seven or eight, so. Fair enough. Speaking of other uh, coaches, uh, a guy you know a thing or two about, Kalani Satake, said of your receivers, look, we got playmakers. We, we got guys that can make plays. We just need to figure out a way to get them the ball. So what's the secret sauce to get them the ball and let them make plays this year? Well, I think one of it is, is first off, you have to have a, um, a quarterback that can do that. And I, I think it's pretty clear we've got one of those. Coach Grimes, I know, is, is, is definitely going to be very intentional on, on um, spreading the ball out to those guys as well. And so I, I think just the combination of different factors and, and, and the plays called and those guys doing their job and getting open. And we had some opportunities last year that we missed. And our job this year is to capitalize on those opportunities and if higher volume of them come, to, to be ready. And I, I, I like where we're at with that right now. Now, perhaps this was a case study, but Jerem Jordan and I were talking about Dylan Colley kind of emerging late in the season when the scheme changed and Zach started to find a little bit more of a groove and Matt Bushman came on strong. Is, is this the type of trend that we should anticipate for this season? I think so. Um, Dylan's case was very unique. I, th- I think you can, one of the factors is is the change of the offense and, and him just getting more comfortable. Um, a lot of that was just... Um, you know him getting out of his own head as well, and and feeling comfortable. You know Dylan's a guy I'm going to miss just because he 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 gave everything he had every single day in practice, and so I was glad to see him go out on a bang. But I think I think the fact that you know we went 18 for 18. Some people highlight that game as like um, you know a breakout for receivers and the quarterback throwing because it's 18 for 18. But 18 attempts is not that much. Um, if you think about it, it's just the yards were a lot because we were so efficient. And so I think if we can, if we can capitalize on that consistency and, and, like I said, if more volume comes, then, then we'll be ready for it um, if, if a game like that happens. BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about your crew this year. And we're only a week into fall camp, but who has shown up and maybe surprised you, lifted your eyebrows on occasion through this first week in terms of the wide receivers? So... In terms of surprising, those my first five guys, the guys who all have game experience, none, none of them have surprised me just because I, I, I know uh, I, they're meeting their expectations and they're all continually progressing. Um, 
But the two freshmen that have just come in have, have actually really kind of kind of surprised me and turned my head a couple times. Keanu Hill, um, you know, kind of was a question mark. He comes from, from a triple option offense that doesn't really feature wide receivers. But he's big and strong and physical, and, and he comes from a football family. Um, his uncle was one of the great receivers. Roy Williams, his dad, was a draft pick, All-American receiver. So he's got a receiver background, and it's been nice to see him step in. He's very sharp. He's picked up the playbook quick um, and made some huge plays day one and, and then just had a little bit of injury, but he's back now. And then Luke Andrada, we're able, as each day goes, we're able to see his speed progress. The first couple days, you couldn't see him open up because he was so in his head in the playbook. But now that he's starting to get comfortable with his plays, there's been a couple where when he's turned a corner, he's gone. And I think we're getting uh, flashes from both those two freshmen, and um, I'm excited to see what they can do for us. With the type of speed that Luke Andrada brings to BYU, is there a chance we could see him on special teams, maybe on kickoff return or punt return? Yeah, very much, especially on the return units. That's kind of where speed kills, um, and, and, and you know he can be really dangerous. But also on covering kicks, you know, if he's a gunner or he's a, you know, on kickoff, he's one of the outside contain guys. Um, you know, that speed is really, really hard to to, to, to cover. And so um, the 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 perfect. Um, a scenario, though, would be to get him to be really comfortable in playing those special team units. It's not, it, it, it doesn't just require speed. He's got to really be committed um, to going down and putting his face mask on someone as well. And so all those things we're just slowly starting to see week two if he's able to do it. And, and I think he has all those abilities. When you say the core five are meeting expectations, just to be clear, who are the core five right now in your wide receivers group that have experience that you expect to make an impact this year? Yep. So it's all those guys who, who had uh, significant game uh, playing time last year, which is Micah Simon. Aleva Hifo and Talon Shumway, the three seniors, and then the two who uh, played and started some game as freshmen in uh, Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney. Gunnar Romney seems to be a guy that's really coming into his own, and I've heard a few coaches say Zach, specifically Zach Wilson, is throwing Gunnar Romney open. Um, what does that mean for those that aren't familiar with the idea of a quarterback throwing a guy like Gunnar Romney open? Yeah, so there's one one, one reason why we push these guys to uh, develop chemistry off the field um, is there's going to be a ton of times, more often than not, where a quarterback doesn't have a completely wide open receiver. He's got to anticipate where he's going to be, and that's where that phrase throwing a guy open means. You got There's got to be a, an element of anticipation. So these guys working in the offseason summer together with all the receivers um, they've been so good at just being on the same page knowing when they get out of a break when they're going to stay on the move when they're going to sit it and so I think that's what we're uh, other people are referring to this fall camp is we've seen a lot of throws to Gunner and really all the receivers where um, that anticipation is there. Zach's letting it go before they're even out of their break and so I, I hope to see a lot of that throughout the season. Through week one who is winning the Fessy Satake award for never dropping a ball? Ooh um I think it's Dax Milne right now. Yeah, he's, uh, he's had a pretty high volume of catches as well. I think a lot of that comes from where he's playing in the slot and just uh, timing. You know, I don't, I, I'm in the point now where I just, I'm just shuffling the guys in and getting, getting them all even reps. And so sometimes it's luck of the draw. You're in when there's a couple more passes than not. Um, and so he's, he's done a good job. But really all of them, I've been really pleased with just their consistency um, in making not just the catches they're supposed to make, but the, those 50-50 balls, those, those tough catches that will cause the oohs and ahs from the crowd. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dax has earned a scholarship now too, right? He's officially on scholarship, and he's definitely um, earned that. So Let's finish with this. Uh, what's the update on Neil Pau? How's he doing? Uh, we know he's with the team. How are things with Neil and the wide receiver group? Um, so, you know, Neil's got 100% of all of our support, and we're with him, and we know that, um, you know, this is a, um, a learning experience for Neil, and no, no one no one is hurt more through this uh, through this trial than Neil, and, and, you know, we all believe that this is one of those deals where he can come back stronger. Um, it's a good sign for all of us, and, and 
you know, as the players that no, no matter how well we're progressing in life, we got to stay on things, and sometimes we're going to get we're going to get uh, knocked down pretty hard. Um, and so he's out though; he's available. He's watching practice. Um, you know, the boys still see him around and interact with him. And the the most important thing for us is not so much you know him like the message isn't hey stay in shape and and know the playbook. It's just hey we're here for you and and we love you if you need anything and and hopefully he can come back strong for this. But it's been great to see him around. All right, BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake, the reason that Ed Lamb still has a job, right? 100% correct. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Fessy Satake, BYU Sports Nation All Access from Photo Day. That dude uh, has got some tools in the shed, but can Zach Wilson spread the ball around enough so that these guys emerge and can become the playmakers that we expect them to at some point in their BYU careers be, right? Yeah, and I, I don't need it to be spread around per se. Let's find the guys that make the plays. Like, I, I don't need balance. I don't need uh, that per se. If Gunnar Romney's uh, one of the best guys, let's throw him the ball. Let's target him more. Aleva Hifo, if, he, if he's one of the best receivers, let's target him more, right? Whoever's open's open, but the good receivers are the ones that uh, get open. So I, let's talk about who we think those top receivers are right now. Sure. Aleva Hifo. No question. Talon Shumway, Gunnar Romney, I would probably say are the top three at this moment. Uh, breakout guys. Keanu Hill, as mentioned, is a guy that, if, if healthy and ready, has the pedigree, as mentioned. Roy Williams, uncle, uh, his dad was drafted in the NFL, like, or All-American in college, got the, from Texas physical, ready for these first four kind of guy. Made a great catch on day one, apparently. There's some of the breakout guys. I'm interested to see, does Dax Milne have an increased role on this team or in the scholarship, as you highlighted? And he's the guy that's making a ton of catches. Yes, Micah Simon is a guy that's been in the mix, been a leader, had a 50-yard-plus catch against Wisconsin at home a couple years ago. Um, Will Braden Cosper be a guy off a redshirt that does something of significance? And he's up to 210. I, I wonder at some point if they make him a tight end or something. Um, and then you have other guys competing uh, in those spots, uh, other spots. So It's five enough. I think it is. Yeah. Like five trusted entities at yeah, that yeah. position. Like when you flash back to some of the great BYU teams, you're not thinking of seven receivers. You're thinking of like three or four. You know what I mean? No, They're the yeah. guys that will carry the load receiving the ball. Matt Bushman will be the best receiver. He's not a wide receiver, but pass catcher, I believe Matt Bushman will be the best one. But then who else do you have that will do stuff? And you and I, I think, feel the same way as um, – a better quarterback and a better O-line will make this group better. I don't know that they've been terrible. We've wanted them to do better, but I think we'll see that, hey, this group is actually, they're a good group, right? They've been better than the last two years because the quarterback play will be better. Yeah, and you know what made the Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Austin Collie situation so great? They spent a ton of time with each other, working all summer long, every day, late nights, developing chemistry. They had experience. I... You you have to have talent and all that, right? You yes. can work hard and hang out and, and be. You office. have to have talent. I think BYU <laughs> has the talent, but you have to maximize the talent by doing things that typically sure. you don't do. Sure. Uh, at the end of the day, go out there and make those plays because you could play bocce ball in the IPF all you want. It doesn't make you a good receiver, right? You could have great chemistry, but maybe you suck. Then you're not good. <laughs> like that. That's all nice, but you got to go out there and complete a pass. Right? Special when you have both. Yeah, for sure. sure. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear and catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. 